the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. I've been a... Oh, yeah, they want to hear me better. I'm in Chicago, and so I'm adjusting the... Ah, now I hear me better. All is good, everybody. Chicago, actually, the weather is fairly pleasant. I, I come here almost every summer. I do a cigar evening for uh, my uh, my terrific station here, which I still refer to as Wind, W-I-N-D. And I, I, I don't know if tickets are still available, but... I just want the Chicago listeners to know in any event that I am here. So, my friends, Daniel Henninger pretty much uh, has nailed it. In his a piece on what they're doing with regard to Donald Trump. So I have a theory that I'd like to share with you before I read parts of this to you. Daniel Henninger is the weekly columnist and a member of the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal. I have, I've had him on the show about a dozen times. He's a thoughtful man, very calm man. He's not one of these rabble-rousing conservatives. And uh, he, uh, he, well, as I said, he nailed it, and I'll explain. I have a theory I want to do. I have theories on a lot in life. There is a type of human that is not happy when things are peaceful. They get, you, you probably have one in your family. Uh, it, it is a person who makes chaos because inside of them there is either a boredom when there isn't chaos or because it creates attention, gives excitement to life, which is otherwise boring. This, I believe that the left personifies this trait. The the constant creation of chaos is obviously meeting a need in, in those on the left, whereas most of us on the right, There might be people like this on the right. I I don't know any, but there might be. We're We're basically happy when things are calm and essentially not exciting because our lives are exciting. It's exciting to go to work. It's exciting to raise children. It's exciting to be married. It's exciting to have a religious community. 
or let's put it this way, it's exciting enough. So we don't want to create a world of chaos. But the left does, and it, it is constant chaos. It is constant, and it's getting worse. It, it, it provides meaning, and that's the greatest human yearning after food is for meaning. This is the essence of what Daniel Henninger, he doesn't suggest this, but this is what comes to my mind when I read uh, his piece. So I begin. The question of whether the U.S. needs a second Trump term has been answered. Thanks to Attorney General Merrick Garland, we're in it. If by a Trump presidency, one means investigations of Donald Trump that go on and on. The first Trump presidency began with the never-ending Russia collusion narrative, which, of course, it was completely bogus. But it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to people on the left. Now we have its offspring, the classified documents narrative. The new narrative shares the old one's almost daily insinuation that Mr. Trump did something awful. For many, this means hoping God's justice finally rains down on a serial malefactor. For all, a familiar political drug is back in circulation. That's a good term, political drug. Last Thursday, Mr. Garland issued a brief no-questions-allowed statement, by the way, it gives you an idea of what type of man and what the left is like. No questions allowed. The FBI, in an unprecedented action, went to a former president's, perhaps future presidential candidate's home and raided it and spent nine hours there. And he doesn't have to answer questions? Why is that different from a police state? What are, what are called banana republics in, in the Central American context of, of a police state. Last Thursday, as I read, Mr. Garland issued a brief, no-questions-allowed statement about the Mar-a-Lago intervention, asserting that, quote, where possible, end quote, end quote, it is the Justice Department's practice to, quote, narrowly scope any search. This week, the department returned to Mr. Trump three passports swept up by the FBI in an obviously unlimited raid. One of the reasons for this major onslaught of of attacks for four years that Trump is a serial liar is that truth is not a left-wing value and if, if you scream enough about your enemy doing what you do then people believe it is your enemy that does it and not you. Truth is not a left-wing value and Donald Trump tells more truth than the left does. There's no comparison. Since last week, the rationale for the raid has divided into separate explanations. Explanation number one, plausible in theory, 
was that government national security specialists believed hypersensitive documents were in a room inside Mr. Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence in Palm Beach, Florida. The search warrant approved by U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt lists, quote, defense information or classified material, unquote. The crude rationale here would be they wanted the document out of that room and they got the documents out of that room and they got them. It was short on etiquette, but case closed. Let the Trump and government lawyers fight out the classification rules. But speculation then morphed into a second predictable rationale. The purpose of the search was to collect evidence of the possible criminal culpability of Mr. Trump or his, quote, allies related to the January 6th Capitol invasion or laws on the handling of classified material, such as the Espionage Act. On Thursday, Judge Reinhardt is scheduled to hear requests by news outlets to release at least some of the details of the search warrant's underlying affidavit. The Justice Department opposes the affidavit's release, arguing that would, quote, compromise future investigative steps. In the United States, you are allowed to be raided by the national government and not see the affidavit that prompted it? This Judge Reinhardt would have fit well uh, as a justice in the Soviet Union because what they do in police states is they do what the state wants, and that's their function. He he is as honorable a judge in the courtroom as a Soviet judge was. This is very sad for me to say. Very sad. Meanwhile, the department is suggesting its investigation could run for months. On cue, Representatives Adam Schiff and Carolyn Maloney are demanding that Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines provide them with the, quote, damage assessment. In other words, Justice, the FBI, and Mr. Schiff are opening the possibility of recreating the atmosphere of the nearly two-year Mueller investigation. Does anyone believe this won't produce continuous anonymous leaks that will intrude into and distort the November elections and beyond? The answer is yes. One person in the whole country seems to believe this, Attorney General Garland. So that's the Daniel Henninger thesis. The use of the government for hopefully winning elections. The United States is a different place than just even a decade ago. The Dennis Prager Show. Even though rates are inching up, they're still historically low. So if you're tired of the high cost of renting, there's still time to buy a home. Whether it's your first home or your dream home, Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com are the ones I recommend that you contact to get you financing and into your new home. They're not just mortgage brokers, they're lenders with Sierra Mortgage. 
They've been through multiple up and down economic markets like the ones we are seeing today. They have years of experience to get you into your new home. Just go to andrewandtodd.com. Whether you're considering owning versus renting or seeking a safer haven for your family in a new state, Now is the time to get a pre-approved loan to give you the edge over other buyers when it's time to make that offer. Go to andrewandtodd.com today. Don't wait. Get your pre-approved loan today while rates are still historically low. Go to andrewandtodd.com. I am reading to you from Daniel Henninger. And what his theory is, his theory is that this is the the second edition of the Russian collusion lie. This is the current one looking for a way to indict the president in order to obfuscate the damage done to the country in just the, sh- the short year and a half that the Democrats are in power. I never, or almost never, note Joe Biden. Joe Biden is irrelevant. You could, you could put a robot in the presidency. Well, we have. But what matters is it's a Democrat. It was irrelevant until Gorbachev. It was irrelevant what communist was in office. Admittedly, in such a dictatorship, Some were worse than others. Stalin was worse than Khrushchev, but it stayed a totalitarian state. So it's irrelevant if it's Kamala Harris, if it's Adam Schiff, if it's Chuck Schumer, it's, uh, you, you name the Democrat, and it's almost irrelevant. You will have the damage that you just saw in the last year and a half. So what they are doing is trying to focus the attention of the country onto Donald Trump. And for all I know, it may work. Don't look at the damage we're doing to the country. Look at Trump. Look at Trump. Look at Trump. Like a magician, you're looking at the wrong thing. Mr. Garland shows no appreciation whatsoever of the broader context of these events. The U.S. is on edge. At no recent time has its population been more divided or depressed. A Fox News poll reported 75% dissatisfied with the country's direction, hitting 91% among independent voters. Another Trump investigation with the likelihood of a conviction years off will make it worse. Imagine if it goes to court next year or in 2024. The Homeland Security Department this week reported picking up social media chatter about civil war. Metal barricades have been erected around the FBI's headquarters in Washington. That's down the street from the new fence in front of the Supreme Court. We are at a point where one has to ask, is this worth it? It is indisputable that no one is above the law. But there is also the useful notion of prosecutorial discretion, which often is about recognizing a larger public good. We are going through a kind of referendum on Donald Trump's future. Resolving that would be better off left to voters than to an attorney general already distrusted 
by about half of the population. In an unusual burst of self-awareness Monday, Mr. Trump told Fox News Digital, quote, whatever we can do to help because the temperature has to be brought down in the country. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. During his tumultuous presidency, Mr. Trump sometimes said his opponents, not least the media, loved him because he fed their political and economic interests. And his own, Henninger adds. Political retribution has become a business model. On its current indeterminate course, the Mar-a-Lago investigation is pushing the American politics back to obsessing over Mr. Trump and his endless enemies, such as the primary election defeat of his inspector, Javert, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney. A belief seems to exist in some quarters that the U.S.'s appetite and capacity for political rancor is limitless. It is not. What may be good for Donald Trump's presidential prospects or his cynical adversaries in the Justice Department, if the Justice Department Mar-a-Lago investigation smolders indefinitely, will not be good for a country already in extremis or an extremis. Finally, a prudent attorney general would shut this thing down, keep the super-secret documents, stay out of Melania's closets, give the distressed country a chance to focus on what matters, which isn't this. 998 people commented on this piece. I began by saying that many individuals do not like peaceful times. Their need to create chaos in the family, at the business, in the country, is built into them. There is no other explanation. Well, there are others. The desire for power is a big one. But that's among the leaders. But the rank-and-file individual in America who is not going to have more power, they're not in government, why does this person support all of this? Part of it is brainwash, and part of it is a boredom with the status quo. Boredom with the status quo is a, an, an essential part of everything that animates the left. And it began a hundred years ago. I know music pretty well, so I can give you a musical analogy. Regular tonal music, music that has a key, C major, F sharp minor, whatever it might be, is boring to some people. The need is to have no key, no tonal bass. Atonal music, music without tonality, which is an oxymoron, or it should be. Art, we have no interest in the beautiful. Let me stand on a ladder and throw paint. And that works. Boredom is powerful, and it is an animating impulse of the left. 
Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. If I had to list the five greatest institutions in America fighting for this country, Job Creators Network would be one of them. Maybe if I had to narrow it to three even. It's such a kindred spirit to everything I believe in and many of you do. They're, they're out there to fight for small business, but that, of course, is the, that's, that's the essence, but it's not the whole thing. What is being done to the country economically, uh, not just socially, morally, children is a catastrophe. However, I, I just want to make this clear before I, I go back to, not back to, well, back to in the sense that she's been on before, Elaine Parker, the chief communication director or chief of communications for Job Creators Network. I, I just need to, uh, to tell you that you can't despair. I know my voice sounds agitated or even sad. It's fine. You can't despair. If the guys charge Normandy Beach, we, we, can, we, we can do our fighting that doesn't involve German machine guns firing at us, okay? So you, you, you must take courage from the people who have fought before us. But we are fighting for the country as much as they did. So Elaine Parker... Uh, at, again, you can go to jobcreatorsnetwork.com, find out all of what they do, and then get involved in some way. So, Elaine, what, was, what is your assessment? Do you think that half the country understands that the Inflation Reduction Act is an Orwellian name for something that will increase inflation? Well, let me take you down memory lane, Dennis, for just a moment to a very small bill called the Affordable Care Act, (laughs) which was what I thought was going to be the worst name bill ever because no one can afford it. Um, And we know that because they have to keep giving people subsidies to be able to afford insurance in the exchanges of the Affordable Care Act. Um, And it has been... One of the big reasons why healthcare has been driven up so high that people can no longer afford insurance, um, and that was partially passed to increase more subsidies in this um, wrongly named Inflation Reduction Act. 
And so now let's go forward, fast forward to the Inflation Reduction Act, which has now earned the spot of the winning worst named bill ever. But it certainly shows that the Democrats know how to market their bills. I mean, if you think about it, think about the front of a Diet Coke can. If you held a front of a Diet Coke can, that's how Democrats market their policies to the American public. It's Diet Coke. It's happiness light in a can. You should drink it. Done. That's it. There's no questions. Republicans come along, turn the can around and say, let me read you the entire ingredient statement and then convince you why you should drink it. Because <laughs> no one wants to hear what the ingredients are. If they did, they wouldn't drink it, right? Well, I have to say, I, I'm not. I, I'm with you on, on the Diet Coke, but uh, I will say Diet Coke is not as bad for you as this bill is. <laughs> Very I'll true. Very I'll, true. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I so love my country that I would do the following. I would have a can of Diet Coke a day if this bill, uh, if if that were the price to pay to not pass this bill. This bill is, uh, look, how do you print three quarters of a trillion dollars of new dollars and say it reduces inflation? I mean, why are we even discussing this? Why isn't this obvious to half of America? Seriously, do you have a theory? Well, I mean, think about how much they talk out of both sides of their mouth, Dennis. On the one hand, they try to convince Americans after the second quarter GDP results came out that we're not in a recession. That's not how we measure things. We're not in a recession. Then they say, oh, my gosh, we have to pass this $700 bill, tax and spend bill on climate change and healthcare um, issues um, because it will help, it'll be deflationary. So you, you can't have it both ways. Are we in a recession? Do we have 0% inflation? Do we have no inflation, but we have to spend money to bring down inflation? Um, I, I just can't imagine how much they, uh, how they message and, and chase their tails on this thing. The media lets them get away with it. But the interesting thing is the media is no longer calling it the Inflation Reduction Act because they had to acknowledge that it's not going to bring down inflation. And the reality is, Dennis, you may not know this, maybe you do, but if we measured inflation the same way we measured inflation back when hold on, hold Jimmy on that Carter point. was yes, in wait, office. Wait, wait, Re- remember that point. I want to hear it and then tell everybody again, Job Creators Network. Uncle Tom 2 is the eye-opening documentary everyone in America should see. Dennis Prager here and Uncle Tom 2 offers a compelling and brave analysis of the true history of black America. The cultural shift from prosperity, integrity, and faith to its current perceived state of anger, discontent, and victimhood. Uncle Tom 2 offers historical footage, photos, correspondence, and data to reveal the genuine strides of black America in the 20th century. The deliberate Marxist strategy to create racial tension and replace God with government. The NAACP's sinister agenda. The fall of Black Harlem. The truth behind Black Lives Matter and the demoralization of America for political power. Don't miss Uncle Tom 2 from executive producer Larry Elder and director Justin Malone with Brandon Tatum, Vody Bauckham, and Chad O'Jackson. Pre-order it today at SalemNow.com. Watch the movie on demand or buy the DVD on Friday, August 26th at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. In light of the last call, 
By the way, I checked with the people who listen to the show avidly. They could not recall my saying that Boston Children's Hospital uh, does uh, trans surgeries on people under the 18. I don't remember whether I did or not. I, I don't know why I would have unless I read it somewhere. If I did, I was wrong. However, uh, my, uh, my belief that Boston Children's Hospital is ruining the lives of, uh, I don't know, hundreds, dozens, I don't know, young people and their families continues. It is a disgrace to the medical profession, but the medical profession is a disgrace at this time. In any event, there are a lot of wonderful doctors. That is beside the point. There are always a lot of wonderful individuals who don't fight their own group. American Medical Association announced two years ago that birth certificates should not list the sex of a, of a child. This is the new position of American medicine. And, and, and it is irrelevant to me that uh, most doctors are not members of the AMA because most doctors don't fight. I don't Ask your doctor, do you agree with the American Medical Association announcement that we, we don't know the sex of a child, we can't assign, quote, assign, unquote, a sex to a newborn. We can't to a newborn animal, any animal, but we can't to the, the biological species called Homo sapien. We don't know their sex. There's no objective sex. This is the this is medical. The medical position today, and most doctors say nothing about it. Like I don't expect doctors to be fighters any more than I expect uh, heroism, guts, courage, uh, from taxi drivers or, or, or physicists or, or any other profession. The difference is that a lot of doctors think that they're godlike because they save lives, and they do save lives. It's very easy to think you're godlike. You know what the Talmud says? Second holiest book in Judaism, size of, of an encyclopedia, many, many, many volumes. About, what is it? It's, it's, it's uh, I think, six, 60 volumes. It's me. It's incredibly long and large. One of the comments in there by the ancient rabbis is the best doctors go to hell. Tov shabarofim legehinom. Amazing. Best doctors go to hell. Why would that be? Because the the ease with which one could believe if one is a, a good doctor that one is godlike. That's why. I'm going to play you again, thanks to Tim in Tampa, the most self-indicting video I have, I may have ever played. This was is the one. Is it still up, by the way, on the Boston Children's Hospital website? You want to check that? I know we have it, but uh, back uh, back in L.A., Alan or Sean, please check if the Boston Children's Hospital still has this video. It's 48 seconds. And the only proper word for this video from Boston Children's Hospital is sick. It is sick and destructive. Bad people have taken over parts of that hospital. Bad people. Listen, listen to what the Boston Children's Hospital has put up on its website. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves, and parents. Okay, will often okay. Know. So, 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 uh, uh, this is. I've reviewed this in the past. I want. I'm going to keep doing it. 
This is, this is, we're fighting for children and families against Boston Children's Hospital. From the moment that they can express themselves, they say they're transgender. Really? How come this was put up recently and not 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? How come children are now saying this? Go on. Us. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically, and actions like refusing to get a haircut or okay, standing Okay, the, the, these are actions. Listen to this. So if your child refuses to get a haircut, that apparently is now a sign that your child is really transgender. I didn't quite understand that since... Is there any child who doesn't refuse to get a haircut? Or the other, every example that she gives is a benign example. This tells parents, you know what they're telling parents? If your child has any of these behaviors, there's a good chance your child is transgender. That's sick. That's despicable. You have no idea how many awful humans have taken over medical schools and and hospitals. You have no idea because we don't want to know. I don't want to know. USC hospitals saved me. My gratitude to them is is immeasurable. I'm not even pointing to to USC hospital as being taken over by the woke. I I have no evidence that it has, but many have. Let's hear, let's hear the other examples of why you might have a transgender child. Urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand oh, to urinate, oh, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, uh-huh. playing with the, quote, opposite gender toys, things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life. So what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned. So that is a, a growing population that, they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. So what did you just tell me? Fox News reports what? Send me the uh, send me the people. But it doesn't mean that they're. But are they dropping this video? Is vaginoplasty in this video? That's that's so I, I see. Boston Children's Hospital deletes references to vaginoplasties for 17-year-olds amid online furor. So is it 17 or not? Do you know what the beauty is? This is the beauty. Nothing that was just played or said has any impact on, on Tim and Tampa. I'm not mistaken, he claimed he was a doctor because he calls a lot, and I always take it. I always take him. I'm so curious to know what that mind comes up with. How it can hear the same thing I do and say it's beautiful, and I think it's ugly. It's, 
It's an education in human nature to hear Boston Children's Hospital advocate that if your child does any one of these completely normal behaviors, they might be trans and you should bring them in as, as close to the time they could speak as possible, like a two or three. You have a transgender three-year-old. This is, this is, this is a disgrace. But uh, my caller in Tampa thinks it's beautiful. The, the answer is, I, I have to believe, is built into one's nature. I don't know how you watch that video and think Boston Children's Hospital is helping human beings. I don't know. It's, if you're, th- they should be saying the opposite. The literal opposite. Boston Children's Hospital will help you, help your child make peace with his or her actual sex. Your child will be happier. A boy that remains a boy and a girl that remains a girl, in 99.9% of cases, remains a happier person over time. And will help you lovingly help you. No, we wouldn't say that. They're in Boston. (laughs) Why would they say that? They're affiliated with Harvard. Why would they say that? The Boston website stated as recently as August 12th that, quote, to qualify for gender affirmation at Boston Children's Hospital, You must be at least 18 years old for phalloplasty or metoidoplasty and at least 17 years old for vaginoplasty. Hey, everybody. I want to remind you that August is fundraising month for PragerU. And my listeners started PragerU. I'll never forget that. Nobody at PragerU will. And, of course, it's become very important in, in the world because we have very sophisticated videos and very sophisticated children's books that are wholesome. And there is a part of a society that hates wholesome. They hate the word. They would never use it. We need your help. I don't care what you give, but we need we need you to give. I'm not a fan of asking people to give for anything I'm associated with because I'm self-conscious about that. I'm self-conscious about very little, but obviously I'm not asking you for money for me. I'm asking for PragerU. Go to PragerU.com or call 833-PRAGERU. So... Here is uh, interesting. I wonder if my friend in Tampa was happy he called. Because the more information people hear about Boston Children's Hospital, the more disgraceful the hospital is in their eyes. So they have taken this down. But a, a woman named Christina Buttons had actually taken a screenshot of their Boston Children's Hospital Center for Gender Surgery. Eligibility requirements of vaginoplasty. 
Okay. People who choose to undergo surgery usually do so after taking other steps in their gender affirmation process, such as taking supplemental hormones. To qualify for vaginoplasty at Boston Children's Hospital, you must meet the following criteria. You must be between 17 and 35 years of age at the time of surgery. So I don't know if I said 17, but if I did, Tim and Tampa lied about me lying. Hormones. You are required to have at least 12 months of affirming hormone treatment. You're expected to have been living for at least 12 months in your affirmed gender prior to undergoing genital surgery. Okay, let's see. Body mass index. Hair removal. If you are interested in gamete preservation, you will need to complete this prior to your surgery. I guess that's... Let's see, so I'm not clear about what that is. It's under fertility preservation. So I assume that this is for males who wish to have a vagina. That's the uh, that's the surgery. You know, I, I I was thinking recently. You're a you're a 15 year old. You're a girl, and you announce to your parents, "I'm a boy. I want I want as soon as possible my breasts removed. I want a penis. I want to be called." Bill, or whatever male name, or some neuter name. So, the college-educated, which is a disproportionate number of the fools in America, are college-educated. Most of them will say, the parents should say, I love you, and if you say you're a boy, you're a boy, and we are going to help you make that transition to being a boy. This is a a brand new approach. All through history, parents would have said to their 15-year-old girl, and by the way, that in and of itself would have happened so rarely as as to be almost non-existent. This This is a social construct. Girls in these numbers saying that they're boys is not biologically induced. Uh, It is sociologically induced. But should a daughter have said that, the parent would have said, honey, we love you, and this is is troubling because you're really a girl. Nature made you a girl. If the parents are comfortable saying God, God made you a girl. And maybe there are other issues, honey, that are predisposing you to think that you're really a boy, but you're not a boy, and maybe we should tackle those other issues. Another thing that I was thinking, there is often a narcissism here where parents are expected to turn on a dime. Oh, you're not a girl, you're a boy. Oh, you're not a boy, you're a girl. 
And if they don't, they're considered transphobic. They're haters. You are labeled a hater if you, if you don't turn on a dime when your child says that he is a she or she is a he. It's so fascinating how there is no consideration, none, including on the part often of the child. What am I putting my parents through? Do people, do people understand or is narcissism, like in the case of Leah Thomas, who embodies narcissism, the boy who says he's a girl and won all these records in girls' swim meets at the University of Pennsylvania, a, a, a farce if there ever was one, how the University of Pennsylvania shut up all the girls on the team from saying this is not fair. Leah Thomas cannot win fairly, but he, she did win. So it is amazing how it is assumed everybody who interacts with me, who knew me in the past, everybody is supposed to say, that's great. You are now a, a girl, Leah. Of course you are. Why would I think otherwise? You were a boy my entire life from birth, your parents will say. But hey, oh, how foolish could I be to think you're a boy? You're really a girl. There's no understanding of the incredible psychological disruption, emotional disruption in in a person's life, in other people's lives. When you say you're the other sex, None. Everybody will go along with what I say, or you are a hater. Mom and Dad, you have only one option, to affirm that I am a boy, or to affirm that I am a girl, even though you have raised the other all of your life, all of my life. You have no option. A real highlight for me. What was that, Sean? A real treat for me and for many of you, as I see in emails and people sent to me where they meet me. It's fundraising month for PragerU August, and I feature regularly a member of Prager Force, the Young People's Group that has 20,000 members around the world, and it is a joy to meet many of them, to any, a joy to meet, frac, frac, frankly, and all of them. All right, let's go to, uh, we're going to meet one right now in Plano, Texas. It's Ava Cosse. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Uh, it's Cosoy. One second, what did I get wrong? Is it A-Y or O-Y? Uh, O-Y. Oh, it was spelled wrong here. Okay. Uh, not the first time. <laughs> All right, so it's Kosoy. And Ava is your first name. Ava, how old are you? I'm 19. 
Well, it's a joy to uh, meet you. And uh, have we ever met uh, in person? Uh, unfortunately, no. But it's an honor to talk to you right now. Well, that's very that's very moving to me. Thank you for saying that. So let's begin at the beginning. How and when did you discover PragerU? Um, well, I mean, whenever I was driving with my dad to school or something, I would always listen to your radio show because that's what he always put on. So I knew that PragerU existed because you'd mentioned it in your show. But I didn't start watching videos until political talk in school became unavoidable at that point. Growing up in a very Democratic-run state, uh, the, the teachers didn't, they started on me at a very young age, I would say. And then, so what did you do then? Did you watch the PragerU videos? Uh, yeah, yeah, I went on YouTube and it came up on my recommended videos, surprisingly enough. Nice. All right. Hey, by the way, I always ask this, and you don't even have to have one, but spontaneously, do you have a favorite PragerU video? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I have a bias towards Tucker Carlson. I think he's an extraordinary human being. If I meet him, I don't know what I'd do, so probably his five-minute video on illegal immigration is really good, or um, Lauren Chen's video on dating and not wasting your time. I think that's very important for, for people my generation. Fantastic. You know, I think you're upholding the record. No matter how many Prager Forest people I ask the question to, I get a different answer. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love it. I love that fact. It's it, it really it's a, it's a recommendation of all our videos that everybody has different favorites. I, and I know uh, I know I both. By the way, talking about dating, uh, so I'll ask you about that in light of in light of how you reacted to that video, which is very important, and I I, I obviously agree with it. So, did you go to college? Uh, for a year. No wonder you're uh, so mature-sounding, because you didn't stay four years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that sincerely. I, 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 I actually do. So wh- where did you go for one year? Uh, it's a community college in the, in the town uh, in Frisco, Texas. I, I went to a community college for a year. Mm-hmm. And why did you leave? Um, I mean, not that I didn't enjoy my experience or anything, I just... Like again, watching PragerU videos and actually using PragerU videos for material and assignments, which I was, uh, which was not um, accepted by my teacher. Um, I, I realized that, that though I, I was I was sort of gaining knowledge in a way from certain classes. College is, you know, it's not for everyone. It's certainly not for every high school graduate. Um, maybe graduating after high school and then working for a little bit and then going back to school, it's totally acceptable. There's no, there's no like mandatory law that you have to graduate high school and then immediately go to college when you're 18 years old. So I feel like I have a little bit of time to work and work on myself, work for money, whichever it may be. Um, and that's why I decided to not go back to college. Boy, those are words I don't hear often work on myself. God, that, that immediately commends you. Uh, to uh, to me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh, I'm gonna do an ad now for a product I believe in deeply. I'll be back to you in a moment, Ava. And thank you. Hi, everybody. I 
I don't know well many people in politics. It's just there's no uh, specific reason for it. It has just not been the way of my life. But on occasion, I get to know someone who is in politics. And in this case, I got to know him. We spent hours together on a private plane. So we really had time to speak. It was a joy. And it is Blake Masters. He has, he won the Republican primary in Arizona for the U.S. Senate. And he will be the Republican candidate running against Mark Kelly, the Democrat and incumbent. So, Blake, uh, we last spoke on that plane. It was a joy. And I obviously, congratulations on your win uh, was it decisive? Was it close? I, I I don't know the numbers. It was pretty decisive, Dennis. You know, we didn't want to let it be close, and it wasn't. I think I won the primary by 12 points, um, which is, you know, which is a lot. So that's good. Uh, it might not beat Mark Kelly by 12 points, but I do think we can beat him by one, two, maybe even three points here. And so we're just sprinting hard. You know, with these late primaries in August, we only have about 90 days to, to win this general election. But... Uh, it's crazy. Politics is crazy, but we're doing it. Feeling good. Why is Arizona so up for grabs? I, I don't, I don't know the political answer to that question. Why, why isn't it re- pretty rock solid Republican? Well, you know, it sure was when I was growing up here. Um, as a kid, those Senate seats were both reliably ruby red. And I think it's kind of a a lesson, you know, not to get complacent. I think a lot of people for the last two decades in Arizona got complacent. You know, you live in a red state and you just expect it will always stay that way. Well, you got to give the Democrats credit. You know, they have a a horrible political agenda, but they work hard and they moved into Colorado and flipped it blue. Then they tried to run the same script here in Arizona. They're trying to push it blue. Uh, It's not blue. I don't even think Arizona is purple. You know, we still have more Republicans here than Democrats and the independents in the middle. They want to break right. They want to break Republican um, and vote for a common sense check on the Joe Biden agenda. So I think we'll clean up here in November. Um, but it's it's really close. And Arizona has unfortunately become a, a swing state. Now, with Joe Biden and Mark Kelly opening the southern border and spending trillions of dollars that we don't have to create massive inflation, now, I think people all of a sudden see what the Democrats have to offer, and they're going to turn Republican pretty quickly here in November. So what groups are most reliably voting Democrat? Uh, uh, in any given state, the black vote is reliably Republican. Uh, but other than that, I keep hearing that it's college-educated white women in the suburbs. Is, is that accurate in Arizona? I think that's accurate, although even there we're making inroads, you know, people, um, people hate, you know, I don't care if if you're a militant Democrat, you still don't like it when your gas costs twice as much. You might make excuses, you know, Putin's price tax, you might blame it on Trump or whatever. Uh, But nobody looks around at what's happening, the gas pump at the grocery store and says, yes, please, more of this. You know, 90 percent of Arizonans know that we're going in the wrong direction. We need to make a change. So, yeah, you know, super overeducated, I would say. Um, uh, liberal women, that's that's a, a tough voting block for Republicans. But I even think some of them are going to come over to our side here in November. Well, where will you be campaigning? 
everywhere, really. I mean, you know, there's kind of there's Maricopa County, which is where, you know, 70 percent of the votes are. And then there's kind of everything else. Um, a lot of political consultants would say, Blake, just stick in Phoenix, you know, stay in Maricopa County. That's that's where you win or lose. And there's some mathematical truth to that. But no, I'm actually getting out to all the counties. Um, we're going to be traveling and putting the, the miles on the car in the general election, just like we did uh, in the in the primary. So I'll be everywhere. Who did Donald Trump uh, endorse? Uh, he endorsed me. Yeah, in the primary in June. So they, they will obviously uh, try to pin you as a Trumpist and a supporter of January 6th. What will you answer? Well, I do support President Trump and his and his policies. You know, I think he delivered uh, so much for this country. First of all, he saved the country by beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. Right. Look how badly we're suffering after just 18 months of Joe Biden. So imagine six years of Hillary Clinton and Trump saved us from that fate. But I think, you know, the policies were super successful and everybody was safer. Everybody was more prosperous. Everybody was was more free uh, just three years ago. Right. And, and so. I don't run from that at all. Um, yeah, they call me the worst things. You know, you run for office uh, against failed Democrat leadership, and the Dems have a lot of money. They have a lot of the big war chest. They'll call me a terrorist and a racist and an insurrectionist and all this garbage. But my job is to let that roll off my back, right? Put a smile on my face, happy warrior, and just talk to people about the issues that actually matter, like the southern border. Wouldn't it be nice if we had some border security? Right. Wouldn't it be nice if we had 2% inflation instead of 20% inflation in the greater Phoenix metro area? And so these very common sense issues. Wouldn't it be nice if we supported our police? Right? The Democrats want to defund the police. They're uncomfortable with the very idea of police. Well, what if we just train those guys well and let them do their jobs and slap the handcuffs on bad people who commit crime? How about that? These commonsensical issues, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a leader who's going to stand up to this insanity yeah, and who's willing to tolerate the arrows. And and that's what I'm doing. So they'll lie about me. They'll call me horrible things, insurrectionist. And it's all just kind of BS. Just got to just got to cut right through it. Will you have a debate with Mark Kelly? I'd love to. I'd love to. I think we'll soon challenge him to four debates. And part of the rationale for challenging him to four is that maybe we get one. Um, I would love to debate with him. I, cannot, <laughs> I can't wait for him to explain his track record. You know, his whole shtick is to pretend to be moderate. And he can he can, you know, afford all the fancy TV advertisements where he claims to be an independent. He's really concerned, Dennis, about inflation. And all of a sudden he's really concerned about border security. And it's like, Mark, you've spent two years voting in lockstep to support. Exactly. Joe exactly. If, if he right. agenda. So he alone he could have undone it. TV ad. He can't hide from me on the debate stage, which is kind of why, Dennis, I think that they might not let him debate me. You know, you always take a hit if you refuse to debate your candidate uh, or your, your um, competitor. But I don't think he's particularly good at this stuff. I don't think he thinks about politics. I think he's a reliable rubber stamp vote for the Democrats. And so if I'm them, I'm probably just continuing to uh, hide Mark Kelly away. That's the best strategy that they have. I wouldn't let him debate me. If he, I wouldn't want to debate me. I wonder... I don't think you'll have uh, an answer to this. I certainly don't. But I wonder if, if there are 100 cases of a candidate refusing to debate, how many of them were Republicans refusing to debate and how many were Democrats? 
I, I, I generally think, yeah, I mean, we'd have to study it. I think Republicans <laughs> want to debate. We want to share our, yeah, that's our what ideas. I, that's, we want to win. Right. On that's ideas. my suspicion. Yes. And Democrats. By the way, your, your think, answer, your answer on Trump was seems to me to be un, unassailable. I mean, just say, I'm just curious on in what arena of life in America was life worse under Donald Trump than today? I, it, it, it's it's all him, not America, that preoccupies the Trump haters. Oh, that's completely right. But in a perverse way, Trump was really even good for all the left wing media personalities who hated him. You know, Trump was great for Rachel Maddow. She needed him. Now she's got Biden and she's got to defend him every day. And that's really hard and possible. It's, you know, uh, these people who, who hate Trump, they love to hate Trump. And they just, you know, it, 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 it totally warps their whole psychology. So, yeah, the media, Mark Kelly, they'll try to make this election all about Trump. Um, and I'm just going to keep talking about all the good things that the Trump administration did and how we were much better off under his leadership than Joe Biden's failed leadership, which is just demonstrably failed. What is the money situation? Is, is, does, he, does Kelly have vast sums of money at his disposal? He does, yeah. He's, uh, he's probably got 20 times the hard dollars that I've got right now. And we'll close that gap a little bit, although we still expect to be outspent. You know, The Democrats are pretty good at moving in lockstep, and they have this war chest, and their outside money's coming in and attacking me. You know, These TV ads, they're very expensive. And so we can, uh, we're on TV right now with about all we can afford, and I'm on the phone for five, six, seven hours a day, you know, asking people for money. Uh, so we're doing our part. I do expect that we'll have enough resources to uh, to compete, but it's not going to be one to one. The Democrats have a money advantage. Here's the thing, though: money's important in politics. You got to have enough, but you don't. That, that you can't just buy an election. Money magnifies a message. And Mark Kelly, he's got a lie with his dollars. He's got a lie about me. He's got a lie about his own record. And I don't think that works. We just have to tell the truth. We get enough money, we tell the truth about his voting record. We'll win this election. What is your website? Very simple. Just go to blakemasters.com. Well, there's a lot here. By the way, it's blakemasters.com. He's a, he's a formidable figure. I, I hope he wins, of course, in Arizona. Uh, it was a very uh, impressive evening that we spent together on on a private plane, having hours to talk. I saw I saw him as a human being, and uh, in in every way, I was impressed. So, I want to bring to your attention a Charles Blow piece. Charles M. Blow. I can't say he's the angriest of the New York Times columnists but he's there's none angrier than he every column is the same about how evil republicans are but and i want to read to you from it it's in today's new york times is it today's Let's see august 7 yeah today's and it's what is the title republicans are america's problem that's right we are i i am america's problem my friend that's that's what that's why i say Stop being naive. There is nothing that will bring us together. The gulf, the gulf is not just a values gulf. It is a perception of reality gulf between left and right. 
they think they, they think public schools are, are wonderful for kids today. Storybook, uh, what is it? Um, drag queen story story hour is a, is a wonderful thing for kids. Disney no longer saying boys and girls. It's a wonderful thing. It's inclusive. All black dormitories at colleges. It's a beautiful thing. Affirmative action with regard to airplane pilots. Oh, if anything, it'll make flying even safer. We see, we see reality as opposite from one another. So I'll give you some quotes from here, uh, from his uh, from his piece, and that might help. Let's see. Trump, let's see, there was a time when Republicans believed that it would need to be packaged in politeness, their message, compassionate conservatism, and the party would eventually recommend a more moderate approach intended to branch out and broaden its appeal in its autopsy after Mitt Romney's 2012 loss. But Trump offered them an alternative, and they took it. Instead of running away from their bigotries, intolerances, and oppression they would run headlong into them. They would unapologetically embrace them. Okay, so here's a good example of we think Charles Blow is, is lying about Republicans. I mean, it is an out and out. It is as much a lie as the sun is dark. Okay, that, uh, that Republicans are characterized by bigotry, intolerance, and oppression. Does he ever give an example? No. I'd like to know what those examples are. A party of bigotry. Now, wait, Donald Trump was in power. Donald Trump was president for four years. What bigotry, intolerance, and oppression was expressed? Republicans had power. See, They act as if it didn't happen, as if a refutation of all the New York Times lies about Republicans cannot be easily refuted. Republicans were in power, and none of this happened. Black people were thriving compared to other Democrats. Who was oppressed? What bigotry was expressed? This to many Republicans felt good. They no longer needed to hide. They could live their truths, no matter how reprehensible. All of the, this is just mudslinging. When I write a column, and I, I've written a thousand of them, they're on the Internet. When I make a generalization, 90% of the time I provide an example. What are our reprehensible truths? It continues... They could come out of the closet wrapped in their cruelty. Yes. All of you who are listening are Republicans. And I, wrapped in cruelty. I think he's an unhappy and sick man, Charles M. Blow. But you know what? New York Times readers love him. 
he routinely gets the most comments. And to comment, you have to be a New York Times subscriber. By the way, i got to read to you some of the comments. To prove to you that left and right have nothing in common because we don't perceive reality the same. It's not a matter of we don't have your values. We don't believe the world is what you believe the world is. Wrapped in cruelty. Yes, that's you and me. It's you and I, actually. Then uh, give some polls that uh, Republicans believe that American democracy is in crisis more than Democrats do. Yeah, because the Democrats are in power. So it, it proves nothing anyway. Republicans are the threat to our democracy because their own preferred form of democracy, one that excludes and suppresses, giving Republicans a fighting chance of maintaining control, is in danger. Really? Our preferred form of democracy excludes and suppresses. Does he have an example? No. But if you are for voter ID, I know what he's thinking. This is what I mean by different perceptions of reality. We think voter ID strengthens democracy. Virtually every democracy on earth has voter ID. Charles M. Blow thinks it suppresses the black vote. He's a black who has contempt for his fellow blacks. They don't have the ability to provide ID, so it suppresses their vote if you ask for one. New York Times. I'm getting ready to go. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I want to read to you. If I can find it, that's the big problem here. Because I uh, have too many I have too many things up. But I, I need to read to you comments. On Charles Blow's piece uh, that I just read you from, that uh, that we are, that Republicans are cruel. We are wrapped in cruelty. We're not merely cruel. Wrapped in cruelty. Uh, they're, they're not. They're, they're the kind party. I, I, would, I would argue, I mean, just on defund the police. Who, who, who exactly is the, the meaner party? One moment, everybody. <laughs> we have a specially made chair here, which, okay, doesn't matter. I'm in Chicago uh, for an event that's sold out tonight, so it's not uh, worth my telling you where it is. And, uh, uh, Alan, if you would put up the Charles Blow piece again, uh, I will then be able to immediately access it and read to you what people are writing. And the, the reason that I am doing this is to make it clear to you that there is an unbridgeable gulf uh, between the two the two uh, groups, the left and the right in this country. I'm not happy that it's unbridgeable. I believe they have uh, they have uh, em- embraced doctrines that are sick, like most especially the doctrine of uh, uh, you don't you don't know your uh, you don't know your sex. You choose it. 
uh, and you do so at a very early age, that uh, that would be the that would be a perfect example of what I am talking to you about. And we we have nothing. We simply share nothing. It's an amazing thing. And I don't know. I don't know what we can do to repair it. I'll tell you one thing we can do is to keep sending out the, the messages of, of good messages. That's what PragerU is doing. That's why you should help us. It's, it's fundraising month. Go to PragerU.com and help us, uh, help us out. Uh, or just call 833-PRAGERU. Here, here I, I have now. I got, I got the article up. So what I do is I click on the most popular among New York Times readers, the most popular comments. Okay? So here's the single most popular comment from a reader in Houston. How could the Republicans manage if there was no electoral college and all votes were counted equally? Why is this country run by electors in a few swing states? What about the rest of us? So that's a, this is now, if it were up to Democrats, there would be no electoral college. So it's a very important thing to understand. They have contempt for the idea that the states are important. Just as in the European Union, they have contempt for the idea that countries are important. The EU is important. Countries are just there to empower the EU. States are just there to empower the federal government. Big is better. The bigger the controlling entity, the better the left likes it. The idea that Britain should decide to go on its own, Brexit, is anathema. It is to the World Economic Forum. It is anathema to Brussels. It is anathema to virtually every one of the elites of the media or any other group, you you don't have power. Brussels does. Washington does. The UN does. It's an amazing thing. So this guy, let's get rid of the Electoral College. It gives states power. That's what the founders of this country wanted. They didn't believe in pure democracy. They never said they did. It's a republic. It's not a democracy. The Senate is not democratic. The Electoral College is not democratic because the founders knew human nature, and I almost never use the term, sucks. Sorry, everybody. I can't stand the term. I can't think of a better one. Therefore, they don't like the idea that majority rules every single time. But for the most popular commenter in the New York Times, that is wrong. Hi, everybody. What is this, the final segment of today's show? Is that right? I can't believe it. Wow, wow. I'm in Chicago. The event is sold out. And I look forward to seeing all of you who are coming. I'll be here, God willing, next year for another cigar night in Chicago. I'm sure I'll be in Chicago before then as well. And so sign up. The human inclination, including my own, 
believe me, I am as guilty as any of you, is to wait to the last minute. And sometimes it doesn't work. I had to go to three rental agencies to get a car here in Chicago. Do you know why I rent a car everywhere I go? Because of my love of freedom. I mean it. (laughs) I regard a rental car as the symbol of freedom. Between the car and being on my own, I don't like being driven anywhere. I'm a radical lover of freedom, and I never have taken it for granted in America. For good reason, because look at how flimsy it is. You saw it in the last two years. Close your schools. Ruin kids' lives for no good reason. Okay, we'll ruin our kids' lives for no good reason. We'll uh, we'll stop prayer uh, in the church or synagogue. For no good reason. Sure. Just say so. Fine with us. We're here to obey. That the religious did it is really, that's the distressing part. Adrian in Phoenix, you don't have much time, but go ahead. Hi, Dennis. It's wonderful to be able to talk with you. So, especially since you just talked to Blake Masters, and I worked with a women's organization called Arizona Women of Action. And we're having a summit on August 30th with Amala. She's our keynote speaker. So we're so excited. You chose well. She's phenomenal. I know. Yeah. It'll be wonderful. So, so Dennis, we're a a women's organization. We are trying to reach out to those women. We had a Win Back Women campaign recently, and that is so important. And one of the things that we do is we try to inspire, engage, and inform uh, women and men and Right now, um, we're working on what's going on at Phoenix Children's Hospital. I know you were talking. Okay, th- this is really, really important, and we don't have time. Please call me tomorrow. I now am going to enter a new battle, finding out what hospitals are doing like Boston Children's Hospital. This is among the saddest things to report in American life. But it needs to be needs to be reported. Thank you, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.